I've got a couple moments here. I want to share something with you about hope. And I want to share this with you because this is actually how Srinivas and Sujatha, which for all of us, the hardest thing in life would be losing your babies. It's the hardest thing in life. I think so. How, how, are, they, how are they going forward? Hope. And, and here's how they're going forward, and you just saw it. And this is something for all of us, because you understand, no matter how strong you are, you're not near as strong as you think you are. So, like, if Elijah could, like, stand down and, like, do, like, he could stand down the prophets of Baal and stand down Ahab, but then go running into hopelessness and despair at some threats from a wicked queen, don't you think we could do some things in hopelessness as well? So it doesn't matter how strong you are. Um, There comes times in life where it seems like things are dark. It just seems that way. When those seasons come, what do you do? How do you you handle that? What does hope look like in the midst of that? And here's what you saw this morning. You saw this. That what we believed in the light, we don't doubt in the dark. And that's how you get through it. What you believed in the light, what you believed about Jesus, what you believed before whatever despair had hit your life, don't doubt that in the dark. I want to share with you a couple portions of scripture, um, and then we're going to have a time of gathering our hands around on you, Sujatha, and you, Srinivas. We want to pray over you, and then we just want to give people a chance to just hug your neck. And um, we, and, and here's the deal. Body, you don't have to worry about having the words to say. It's just hugging them and knowing that God's going to continue to comfort them and he's going to comfort them through your, through your love as well. I want to show you a couple of things. Um, in the scriptures, if you'll take your Bible here just for a moment or two, I want to share with you. Here's the interesting thing. I, I grew up going deer hunting with my dad. Oddly enough, I never shot a deer. <laughs> Not because I was uh, like I'm a secret card-holding member of PETA. It's just that I'm a really, really bad shot. Um, I have shot at so many deer, and I've missed every single one. It's, it's no wonder that the Lord never called me to law enforcement. I would be a horrible cop. But here's the thing that always kind of freaked me out. The way we were taught is that you would get to the deer stand at like five in the morning while the sun's still down. You want to get there before the deer come. You want to get there way before the sunrise so you're settled. You're not making any noise so that you have a better chance at getting a deer when daybreak comes. But one of the things we did is we also wouldn't use a flashlight because that flashlight would just alert deer. So the goal was that you would leave the campsite and walk to your deer stand in the dark and you would just have to memorize kind of where it was and just trust that where everything was in the light was still there in the darkness. Are you with me? I can remember doing that and being absolutely freaked out. I can remember walking to that deer stand and just every little shadow I thought was something different than what I remembered the day before. And nothing seemed the same in the dark. It didn't. Even when you would get near the deer stand or the trees or the bushes, nothing seemed familiar in the dark. 
but it was still the same. And what you had to do is you had to realize that no matter what you thought you saw in the dark, what was there in the light, what was really there. So here's what happens. When dark things happen in our world like what we're experiencing or anything or anywhere you're at, how do you still have hope in the midst of that? Is that you don't, that we don't doubt in the dark what God has already showed us in the light. And all we have to do is, although we may be numb to the soul about what's going on, we keep reminding ourselves in the dark what we already knew in the light. And there are six things that I just want to point out for the good of our souls this morning about what we do, what we believed in the light that we can't doubt when we're in the dark. The first thing is this. In the light, we hoped in the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the dark... We must not doubt the gospel of Jesus Christ still. And listen, one of my favorite stories in the gospel is the man that had the demon-possessed son. And Jesus asks him and says, do you think I can heal your son? And the man says, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. I find sometimes that's what it's like in this. When you feel like you can't believe anymore in the darkness... If you, we simply, all we've got to do is to say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's, in, that's not doubting in the dark what God has already revealed to us in the light. In the light, God has revealed this about the gospel. That we are loved and God has loves us so much that he did not spare back his wrath and poured it on his son in our place. I am still astounded by Romans 8.32. It says, but he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he also with him graciously not give us all things? If God would not hold back his wrath on his son, why would we ever think God wouldn't have the best for our life? Now listen, we may disagree, and that's a part of our earthly experience. But there's no, in the darkness, I can know, although it feels like everything doesn't look like it looked the day before, I can know based on the work of the cross that, that God is for me and not against me. And when I can't trace his hand, I can trust his heart. I love Second Corinthians 5.21. It says that God made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God. In him. So here's what we do. In the dark, we just got to keep reminding ourselves. And, and by the way, people will remind us, and that's God's grace, but also it's just a reminding we have to do ourselves. We have to remind ourselves of the gospel. We have to remind ourselves of the, the hope of the life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. This is why we can sing a song like, I believe, even if we feel like right now we don't believe very well. It, you still sing it anyways. The, here's what happens. Hope breaks in when we don't doubt in the dark what God has showed us in the light. And at some point, God will bring us back to the light. Now, I don't know how fast or how slow. I, I don't know all that. I do know this, that God is all about hope. And God is all about giving hope. And God is all about treasuring him. And so sometimes this hope f- happens fast. Sometimes it happens slowly. Sometimes it, it's kind of a, it, it just kind of merges in together. But don't doubt in the dark what God has already revealed in the light. He's revealed the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's what I love. When I walked out of the funeral, Carrie's funeral, a, a couple weeks ago, a lady came up to me. I've never met her before. A lady, uh, actually I had several people. This one particular person, never met her, this person before. And this person said, 
you know, because I was here at this funeral day, because this has happened, I haven't been trying to make disciples. I haven't been trying to declare the gospel. I haven't been trying to baptize him. I haven't been trying to do anything for the Lord. I've just been sulking in my, in my own pity. But she said, what's happened here? And how Carrie was living her life. How these missionary kids were living their lives. How this mission family is living their life. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready to do what God wants me to do. I'm ready to start going out and doing gospel work. I'm ready to, to stop sulking on the sidelines. I'm ready to get back at it. I'm ready to do what, what I know God wants me to do. And that moment, it was like, in the darkness of my soul, it was like, okay, Lord, I'm trying not to doubt what I already knew in the light. And, and here's what I see. I see that the glory of the gospel is continuing to spread. I see hearts turning towards him. So not only... Is our hope in the, in the darkness, what we already believed in the light about the glory of the gospel, but also God's character. In the light, we hoped in God's character. In the darkness, we don't doubt that character. And even though we still will say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief, we remind ourselves of things. And by the way, we have to remind ourselves. We have to talk to ourselves. Now, I know you may feel weird to talk to yourself, but I talk to myself all the time. I talk to my soul all the time, okay? And it's not like I've got some split personality. I mean, I'm telling my soul, like, soul, don't give in to this. Soul, don't doubt this. Like, soul, you know what God has said about himself. You know what God said about his character, okay? So, like, I have to talk to myself all the time. When I feel fearful, I have to say, Lord, this is not from you. This is from the enemy. This is not of you, Lord. You've given me strength. You've given me power of a sound mind, of love, so here's things about God's character that we knew in the light, that we know in the light that we can't doubt in the darkness, that he is everlasting. Before the mountains were brought forth, the scriptures say, and before God had ever formed the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He's everlasting. He's been through all this. He's been all this. He was around before it ever existed. We got to remind ourselves of God's character that he's good. Psalm 25, 8, God God is good and upright is the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean we have to call the situation good, but we can know his character is good. And in the end, all things are working for his glory. And although we disagree, that's nothing wrong with that. We can disagree at the same time, say, Lord, but I do trust you. I don't like this, but I do trust you. He's holy, which means he's separated from sin. This is God's character. And, and, and here's the thing I love about God's holiness. It's absent of any influence of sin. So my life, there's, I'm now holy in God's sight positionally. Not practically if you hang out with me enough. But here's what I've realized. I mean, like with God, he's so holy that the impact of sin does not affect him and his nature and his character and who he is. So all the things that he does, he never does anything wrong. He never has any regrets about what he does. Everything he does is exactly right. That's part of being holy. No part or stain or curse of sin has gotten towards him. That's why the angels could proclaim in Isaiah, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. He's patient. Psalm 86, 15 says, Lord, you are God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. I look at my life and and I see the patience of God so many times with me. The goodness of God so many times alone has led me to repentance. I see that he's gracious. John 1.16 says, For from your fullness we have received grace. And this is our love upon what? 
grace. Grace and mercy, we, we don't get what we deserve. In grace, we get better than what we deserve. And I love that the scriptures say about God's character of grace, that he gives us grace and just not that, but grace upon grace. I mean, if you thought God's character of grace was big and huge and the work of the cross was that awesome, just wait. He gives more grace on top of that grace, that that grace of the Holy Spirit in our life. This is why salvation for our souls is not just a ticket out of hell into heaven. That is part of grace. But we get grace upon grace. We get God now. God, not now. Like a relationship with him right now. This is this relationship with him right now. This is how we can hope even even when things are dark, we cannot doubt what we, he already showed us in the light. God is all powerful. Now here, I know at this point, people would like to walk around and, and, and say that the devil caused all this. And you know what? He may have had a hand in it. I don't know. But it's really hard to know that, honestly, behind the scenes. But the devil could do nothing that God hadn't authorized him to do if he had any part to do with this. But I will tell you where I take solace. I don't find any hope in the thing of like, the devil is some bishop who can float about the board and do whatever he wants to do. There's no hope in that. I don't think that's scriptural. What I do think is this. Scriptures describe God as the only powerful one who has all power. He's omnipotent, the Bible says, all power. And knowing that, I'm satisfied. Knowing that, that he's gracious and he's patient and he's holy, just knowing that he's all powerful and that whatever has happened in life is by his sovereign design. I rest easy with that. I do not rest easy that Satan can just do whatever he wants to do and just cause a bad day. I need to know that there's someone who's wise and good and gracious, someone who has the character that I don't have that is controlling this whole entire thing. I love what Colossians 1.16 says, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth. In Jesus, visible, invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and him all things hold together. This is how powerful God is. This God is so powerful that in his son Jesus that, I mean, like the very fact that we're breathing and that our, our molecular structure doesn't just fall apart on itself. It's only God holding that together. I mean, do you, do you realize that? Like even the gifts that you have, even the job that you have, even the work that you do, even the gifts that you have, it's really not you. It's not us. There's nothing really great about us. There's just something really great about God. And like if you really want to grow in Christ, start to understand just how great God is and just how small that you really are. And that'll be, that'll be the safest and most joyful place you'll ever find yourself. I also take hope in his character of this. He hears our prayers and he responds. First Peter 3.12 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are attentive to their prayers. It also says that God is present. He's everywhere. Nothing escapes him. The psalmist said, Where will I go from your spirit? Where will I flee from your presence? If I ascend up to heaven... You are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Now get this. This is Psalm 139. I've just quoted some scriptures. I haven't given you just time to look at a place, but do this. Just take your Bible and look at Psalm 139. I want to show you the very end of what I just quoted. This is so good for my soul. So that I don't doubt in the dark what God already showed me in the light. 
So I just read to you Psalm 139, 7, 8, 9, 10. About the omnipresence of God. This is part of his character. We're still talking about his character. We talked about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remembering that in the dark. Now we're talking about the character of God still. And verse 11 and 12 tie this together. So remember, where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in chill, you are there. Like God is everywhere. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. Are you with me? Are you all in verse 11 now? Now look at verse 11. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Verse 12. Hang your hat on this. Put your anchor in this. Even the darkness is not dark to you. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day with God, for darkness is as light with you. So when I'm telling you, don't doubt in the darkness what God has already showed you in the light. Ultimately, I can tell us, I can say that because with God, whatever darkness exists with us, it's just light to him. There's no darkness that exists with God. None of this surprised him or grabbed him or shocked him or, or called him to stumble off his throne or do anything of that nature. All our darkness is still light to him. That's a hard truth, but that's a good truth for my soul. Whatever hits us in life, as long as we know that the darkness that's there is light with the Lord, at some point he's going to bring us back out. We just simply must remind and remember and not doubt in the darkness what God had already showed us in the light. And not only that, but a couple things other about his character. His character is unchanging. Unchanging. It says that every good and perfect gift in James 1.17 is from above. It comes down from the Father with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God is unchanging. I change all the time. I change all the time. My weight changes all the time. My attitude changes all the time. The things I like change all the time. Everything changes about me. Nothing changes about God. His character is stable and steady and unmoved and it's a rock. And that character sees right through the darkness. And that darkness doesn't, doesn't scare him one bit. He's all wise. I love Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. He is all wise. So here's the deal. In the light, we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the light, we believed in God's character. And in the light, we believed and hoped in God's provisions for our life. So in the dark, we must not doubt these provisions. I want to give you four provisions that God gives us. He gives us the word, the Holy Spirit, prayer, and the body of Christ. The word, prayer, Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit, and the body of Christ. Now listen, this may all sound super elementary to you and super basic, what I'm about to tell you. But it's one of those things that sometimes you have to go back to the basics. When you're in the pit of despair, when the darkness seems that it's clouded into your soul and your life, you just have to go back to the basics. And one of the basics is... In the light, you, we believe in the provisions of God. In the darkness, let's not doubt those provisions. One provision is the word of God. I want to read this scripture to you, Romans fifteen four. In fact, do this. Look at that scripture because I just want you. I, I feel like if there's ever a time that 
When you feel most in despair, the last thing you want to do is go to God's word. Let's be honest with you. The last thing you're going to feel like is you have enough strength to go to his word. You're going to feel numb to his word. His word is going to feel like it's Teflon. It's just like bouncing off you. But don't doubt in the dark what God has already showed you in his light. Because the word actually brings back hope. I'll show this to you. Romans 15, 4. I'm not making this up. For whatsoever was written in former days was written for our instructions. We're talking about the word of God. That through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have, what does it say, church? Hope. When you're in darkness, it's like all the scriptures you memorize just seem like they don't mean anything. But that doesn't mean you don't, you don't keep quoting them to yourself. That, now, Romans ten seventeen tells us about unbelievers. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I think there's an application for us as well in Christ that when we feel most in darkness, that, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What will increase our faith once again? It's the word of God. And, and listen, sometimes that's God's people pouring that in. But that's sometimes of just like when you're in that hopelessness is going back to those beginner things, going back to the word of God. Even when you open up the word and you feel like there's no feeling there, ignore your feelings at that moment, okay? Just so you know, feelings are never meant to drive how we respond and don't respond to God. It's always obedience. It's always what he's shown us to do. Not only do we have the provision of the word of God, we have the provision of the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, look at Romans 5 real quick. I wanna show you this. Are y'all okay? Y'all with me? Look what the Holy Spirit does. The provision of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. Here's what Paul says. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Through him we have also obtained access by faith through and to his, this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So we're hoping in the glory of God through the finished work of Jesus. Now watch what happens in verse 3. And not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Look at the connection. Hope, verse 5, and hope does not put us to shame. How does hope not put us to shame? Because God's love is poured out through the Holy Spirit. This provision of the Holy Spirit is here to meet us in the darkness. Is here to comfort us. In fact, that's the very meaning of the word Holy Spirit. He's called the comforter in the scriptures. And we know what I love about the Holy Spirit. The Bible reveals in Romans 8 that when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit's praying and interceding for us. Get that. God, the Holy Spirit, is praying for us when we don't know how to pray. Even it says in Romans 8 that, that he, he prays groanings. Like groanings that like when we don't even know what to say. Here's the deal. In the light, we knew this, but in the darkness, don't forget it. Don't doubt it. When you can't pray, when you don't feel like you have the feelings to pray, know that God, the Holy Spirit, is praying for you. And at some point, that'll break back into your soul. Even as numb as you feel. What I loved about what Sujatha, you did a while ago, sister, is you just prayed. And you just prayed and praised. And that's exactly what you do. That's a, it's like, sister, you model for us how to handle the darkest things of life just now. You ministered to my soul in ways that 
that I, I don't know that I've seen in a long, long time or ever. You just praising Jesus in the midst of this. That's real hope. Sister, that's in the dark, not doubting what God already showed you in the light, sister. Also, we have God, not only God's provision of the word and the Holy Spirit, we have God's provision of prayer. Listen, I know this sounds elementary, but these are things we have to remind ourselves. When the darkness comes, we have to remind ourselves. And if the darkness hasn't come in your life yet, well, guess what? It will. I mean, I hate to be like, I'd love to just get up here and and tell you like you're going to be healthy and wealthy and have everything you ever wanted to. And God wants to give you everything you've ever wanted. But that's I can't tell you that because that'd be a lie to your soul. And that how damaging would that be when life kicks you in the teeth and you discover that actually all the things that the prosperity gospel told you actually weren't true. So here's the deal. We have the provision of prayer. And not only prayer that the Holy Spirit's praying for us. But God says, keep praying. I love James 4 where it says, you do not receive because you do not ask. This idea that like, although the Holy Spirit for us, God still wants us to ask. So in the midst of the darkness, it's still okay to say like, Lord, I, I don't believe, but help my unbelief. Like, Lord, I, I need your help. And, and just because you don't have the warm feelings at the moment doesn't mean that we actually stop going to him and praying to him. What we knew in the light, let's not doubt in the dark. And here's what I love about prayer. Accepting the prayer of God's people. I, I can tell you this. At this point, Sujatha and Srinivas and Danny and the kids have made it through this because of the prayer of God's people. And they're going to continue to make it by the prayer of God's people. When you're in the, the darkness and you don't know what to say, here's what's hard. Sometimes you want to avoid people. It, the funny thing is this. It's not funny. It's sad. When we're in the darkness, we feel so alone but we don't want to be around people. That's how it works, actually. Because we don't know what to say to people. You know what you say to people? You can say, my soul's not doing good. Would you just pray for me? Would you pray for me right now? The prayers of God's people does things. I mean, even for my soul, it, just in the midst of this, like people keep asking me how I'm doing. And, and, and actually, I'm not even concerned with how I'm doing. I'm concerned with like how these families are doing. But but I know people all over that pray for me constantly. And like I have I have felt God's grace through this whole entire thing. I know our brother and sister here and, and Danny, they've they felt it through the prayers of God's people. When you're in darkness, don't isolate yourself. Okay? You still gotta push into community. You still gotta push in to whatever discipleship group. You still gotta push into gathering with the body. In fact, as a pastor, just so you know, we keep a record of attendance here. So Little Jack, you know Jack, our our, our church mascot. You know, um, he he also keeps attendance and marks his attendance, and I look at it each week. And I'm not, you know, when I look at it, I can typically tell when someone is in darkness because they start missing lots of Sundays. And I I don't think it's because they don't like me. At least I hope that's not the truth. What usually happens is when I see like two or three or four weeks, it's like. I start to pray for those people. Then I start to make a phone call because it's like something's because when you get in darkness, you isolate yourself. But that's the worst thing to do to yourself. And and a lot of times we're like, I don't know what to say when I'm in darkness. I don't know what to tell anybody. I I just don't want to have to make another explanation. You don't just tell someone that I'm not doing good. Will you just pray for me? And that's it. Like, you don't have to be Superman. You don't always have to have it together. Like even like, listen, there could come... uh, I have a professor, one of my professors, strong man of faith, in the ministry for 34 years. Uh, I read a story um, in 2009. Um, 
he, he wrote something that he had a breakdown and went into a serious depression. And this is a guy who was one of my instructors. In fact, he was the guy that did my final certification for biblical counseling. He was my mentor for that. And in 2009, he had such a cataclysmic breakdown that all of life shattered. They had to take him to the emergency room. I don't care how strong you are. There, you don't have to act strong with God's people. And like even me, even as a pastor, like if there ever comes a day that I walk in and it just looks like I have lost it, you don't have to get freaked out. You just have to pray for me. And I sometimes don't have to make the best explanation. I can just say I'm in despair and I need the prayers of God's people to help me to not doubt in the darkness what God has already showed me in the light. So here's the last thing. In the light. So in the light, we... We believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the light, we trusted the character of God. In, in the light, we, we knew the provisions of God, God's word, his Holy Spirit, the prayers of God's people, gathering with God's people. In the light, we believed in the purposes of God. And in, in the dark, we still don't doubt his purposes. I love Romans eight twenty nine, For whom God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. What's happened here, God is using it to conform Sujatha and Srinivas and Danny and Cole and Kyle and Chelsea and Adam and Gabby and even us to his image. Now, I don't know all the whys still, but I know I have enough in Scripture to say that's one of the whys. And so I, although I can't trace his hand, I trust his heart. And I know that God's doing everything to conform me to his image, even as much as I protest I find so much hope in the very end of Genesis 50, 20. When, if you ever know the story of Joseph, Joseph was, I mean, just a lot of horrible things had happened to Joseph. His brothers had sold him into slavery. He had been framed for rape. He had been forgotten in a dungeon. All these horrible things had happened to him. But they all happened so that he could be promoted to a position to basically be the administrator of, of all the food that, for Egypt to save up for a time period so that they could make it through a famine. At the very end of his life, when his father had died, his brothers thought that he was going to get vengeance on them and exact. And here's what he said, and I love this. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about many people. They should be kept alive as they are today. Now, he was talking physically, but I know this. The purposes of God, God has one overarching purpose for his glory is that all would bow to the name of Jesus Christ and call him Lord. Like, that's the goal. That's why we're still here, is that the gospel would spread to the ends of the earth. In the light, that's a purpose I believe. And in the dark, it's a purpose that I got to still remind myself. Let me end with a picture. Daniel, will you show me a picture here? So here's what it looks like. This is a beautiful picture, is it not? A beautiful picture of a crown. Beautiful picture of... of there's, a, there's more story behind this picture, but just I'm using it as an illustration. And I, I can tell you later the story of Corey Ten Boom in this picture. But basically what I want to capture is this. This is a beautiful picture. I can see this picture and know this picture. In the light, I can see that this is glorious. But let's look at the back side of this picture. That's what it looks like. That's that same picture. So what do we do when we feel like we're in the darkness of hopelessness? That what we got to do is 
remind ourselves in the dark what we already believed in the light. And here's the deal. In the dark, even while all you see in the dark is the backside of the picture, what do I know actually is on the other side? A beautiful picture, don't I? And in the dark, even though maybe all I'm seeing is the confusion and the chaos and no purposefulness to the picture, I still know that at some point when the picture flips over, I'll see the truth again. How do we have hope and despair? How do we have hope when the darkness surrounds our lives? What we believed in the light, we keep remembering and don't doubt in the dark. We keep saying to ourselves, even though we're numb and don't feel it and don't even have, we may even have a hard time believing it. Just the prayer of Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's enough. And that's all God wants. And watch what happens as we use those, those instruments of grace that we believe. The gospel, the character of God, the provisions of, of God, the word, the Holy Spirit, prayer, the fellowship of the body, and God's purpose. God will bring us back into that light. I don't know how soon. I don't know how long. But I know this. No matter what the back of that picture looks like, the front has already been decided and we're going to be okay. Can we sing back to him and praise him together? Would you stand with me? We're going to sing the song, I Believe Again. Just because, I be honest with you. I believe, but I'm still telling the Lord, help my unbelief. Do you get that? Do you understand that? So let's go back to the Lord and have some time of praising him. And then we're going to tell you a couple announcements going out. And then we're going to gather around Srinivas and Sujatha and pray for them. And then we're going to just give you time to just hug their neck. And just love them. Um, And that's all we can do. Would you pray with me? Lord, we love you because you first loved us. And it's so hard still in these times. We believe, but help our unbelief. And what a great and appropriate time to sing a song that's encouraging us to believe. Even though it may be numb to say it, we're still going to say it. And someday we'll see the other side of that picture again. Till that day, we look forward to it. Praise this time. Bless it in Jesus' name. Amen.